Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do. Flip out, man. All I wanna know is who's coming with me? Who's coming, man? Who's coming with me? Huh? Who's coming with me, man? I will. Chan. Thank you, Chan. Yeah. <laughs> Ange, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Not gonna do what everybody thinks I'm gonna do and make a New Year's list. <laughs> the five things we need to do in order to have a better New Year. Uh... Just wanna know who's coming with me, man. I will. I will. Angie. <laughs> Thank you, Angie. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, guess what? Uh, we that, are kind of going to do that. That was not Tom Cruise. Who was that? Dude, that was Jim, Jim, Brewer Jim Brewer from Half-Baked, a movie which you've probably never seen. Uh, probably not. But I know oh, who Jim Brewer is. Yeah, Half-Baked. Uh, I probably watched it three dozen times in a prior stage in my life. <laughs> I know it very well. Um, but here's the thing. I had to introduce something to get your attention because we oh, we are kind of going to do this. We are kinda, we're kind gonna of. Do it, kinda. We're going to do it, kind of. We're kind of like laughing at ourselves because, you know, it's the first of the year. And I looked last year, the first of the year, we had like five steps, right? And 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 people hear that and, and stay with me because I know you're, oh, here's another five steps and things you can do. Let me ask you a question. If there's only five or three or 25, why are we, re, why are we doing so many of them? Well, oh. That's what it should come down to. The 1,387 things you need to do to have a better new year in 2023, 2024, 2025. That's what's happening is if you add all of these steps together, three, five, 21, seven, 18, like it's, our numbers are huge. Like if it's, what would I think we're going to share? What I think we're going to share are the same things that we should be doing all the time that we have for, forgotten or gotten away from or gotten lazy with. Well, yeah, and these aren't steps that I I looked up. Like I didn't say, hey, what, where, what's the five steps? No. What are people saying? I, Angelique and I sit there at night, and, and we're like, what can we do, Angelique? What are we not doing? And and. I'm always like the path of least resistance. And I believe that's what people want. Like if I, if someone said, Hey, here's, here's some really simple stuff that you're not doing. That'll make your life a whole lot better. I'm all ears. 
And so I asked Angelique and we kind of looked at this, what are some of the things that we're not doing that we don't have to like really make a huge leap for that we can just start incorporating? And I think that's where this started. Correct? Yes. Okay. And, and what did you just, what did you just find? So the other day I sent you something, um, it was a swipe file and I don't, I just, I'm, I'm a new follower of this guy. Um, his name is David Ad, Adamson under Aussie Dave on Instagram. And it's basically daily Bible content to get the most out of life and faith. And I just kind of stumbled upon him, I think on the explore page. And there was this picture this beautiful snowy picture that said, read this before the new year. And it's a swipe file. And it caught my attention because it's about the Ruach. And David, like, this means a lot to us because David actually has Ruach tattooed on his arm. Okay. So I want to share this with you because before we get into these things that we want to help with everyone being more intentional for the new year, um, there's one important step that I think is the only step, the main step that we often miss that should be added to any list that you adhere to any list or thing or, or steps that you feel like you should be doing um, to strategize, to put together, whether it's your health goals, your financial goals, your relational goals, what have you. So it says, one of the things I love about winter in the Northern hemisphere is that the days get so cold that you can see your breath, right? Okay. So anytime you go outside, it's really cold and you breathe, you can see your breath. I think it's because of one of my favorite stories in the Bible about the breath. It's the story of God creating the first human. And so this is what the Ruach comes in and why it was so important for David and I and him to actually tattoo it on his arm. It describes how God takes some dust from the ground and forms it into a human being with everything in place, hair, skin, muscles, bones, arteries, organs, eyes, blood vessels. You get the idea. Everything was ready, but the person was not yet a living being. That's from Genesis 2-7. In fact, it wasn't until God breathed life into the human that it became a living being. And one of the Hebrew words for breath used in the Bible is ruach, which also means spirit. This is very important. So at this time of year, most of us are making plans for the new year, right? That's what we're talking about today. We're organizing our calendars, we're planning diets, we're figuring out ways to save more money, spend more time with our family. We're busy planning the next 12 months, but we believe, I believe, your plans won't come to life until you ask God to breathe his spirit into them. So no matter how much you plan, if you want your plans to succeed, you need to ask God to breathe life into them. When we do that, we realize that as this person's friend, Chelsea Hurst, likes to say, God's plans are greater than anything we could come with up, up, up with on our own. So do, do you want God to breathe into your plans for 2023? And, you know, we, we pray every single night as a family. We, we often pray about just different things, you know, whether what, whatever we need from home and, and ourselves and our business. And we always say, you know, God, roll out red carpets, you know, or slam the door shut. Let us know it is a clear signal from you. Um, and periodically I'll be like, I'll just invite the Holy Spirit into meetings or, um, it, you know, opportunity calls, whatever it might be. Yet how often when we're putting our strategies and business plans and life together, do we say, God, breathe on this? 
Breathe on this. Breathe, breathe your spirit into this. And that's the favor that I think all of us desire. You know, that's the favor that I feel all of us are looking forward to. Yet when we come up sort of idle and barren and white knuckling the process, we start to, you know, cut ourselves off short of what the blessing is because we haven't had God's spirit breathe Amen. on it. And and when we look at the, what the practical implications of that are, what can we do? I think these things that we're about to talk about all mm-hmm. have a godly yes. uh, thread through them. A hundred percent. A godly thread through them. And again, they're easy. Listener, if you're out there right now and you're like, I, I need a change in my life. You know, my friend Tom the other day said, I said, you know, I just feel like we're we're looking for favor and it's it's been... I've been a little bit impatient. And, and he said, well, God's like, this is like on the job training. He's like, you know, he just sometimes he doesn't hand you stuff, but you have to go through things before you can learn them and know what's right and wrong and teach on them. Um, and so we've all experienced this past couple of tumultuous years. And some of these things have a lot to do with what's happening in our culture. And it's not hard to see that culture is trying to get us away from God. No. Yes. <laughs> I mean... Yes, right? Like, it's obvious. No. But, but and, and in doing so, you're going to see a lot of these things that we're about to mention here are culture's way of stripping you away from God, stripping the things that mean stuff to you in your life. And this is, um, some of these things are, are going to be God's way of getting you back on track, God's way of getting you away from culture and back into the community, back into the, the body of Christ that we deserve to be in, okay? Yep. I'm going to do a little bit, and I'm going to also try and make it fun. I'm going to do a little bit of musical interlude to introduce each one, because you know me. Like it wouldn't be it a, wouldn't be a podcast with David Nori unless music right. was involved. So I'll play a little clip from a song. Okay. You can kind of say, "Well, what is he going to talk about here?" That something that we can do. All right, and let's just jump right into it, shall we? Shall we? We shall. I just want to say I love you. I just called to say. All right, all right, all right. Well, one of my favorite songs is a little girl. Oh, uh, well, good people need to talk. Yeah. This is number one. Simple, to the point, something that you can Not do text. without a lot of effort. Not DM. Talk. Good people need to talk without agenda, without it feeling forced. We need to hear one another's voice. We need to see one another in person, okay? We need to do that. We have been stripped of communication. We have been lulled to sleep. We have gotten really lazy. Mm-hmm. And look, you can say, well, this is so much more convenient. And, and you know, I, I really communicate well with texting. I'm an awesome texter, and I'm doing so much better, and emails work better for me. That's great. We're not saying get rid of them. You know, um, I did some research, and it says about 50% of adults ages 18 to 24 say that text conversation is just as meaningful as a phone call. And I'm going to disagree with that. I don't, Who said that? What was, the, what was the data? 50% of adults 18 to 24 say text conversations are oh, just 18, as meaningful. 18 to 24, though. I, I get it, but what we're seeing, in, even in our business, and this is why it's important, there is a time for text. Text can be efficient. Emails can be efficient, but what's happening is we're losing the human touch. This goes back to my first book, Turned On. Mm -hmm. We are relying on text. We are relying on email, and we forget how important it is because we've been in our houses to get out there and, again, to be around good people, to talk without an agenda, to call people. 
And, and sometimes even when people call you and you look at your caller ID, you're like, oh, I don't know what they want. Should I answer this? Do I have time for that? That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, we, we, we went to texts at some point, you know, obviously through just the advancement of technology, but we started to kind of all go towards text. We was like, Oh, we could get more accomplished. We could say something quickly. Um, you know, get this conversation out of the way, touch points here. Um, but what's really interesting is I find myself now in long drawn out text messages. I'm like, Oh my gosh, just, I'll send the audio. And then the audios, I don't want to listen to audios that are three and a half minutes long when they get sent to me. So I'm like, why don't we just pick up the phone and call each other? It will get so much more done in a 15 minute conversation than we would in this two hour long back and forth with texts and audios uh, with delays in between because of life happening. So it's amazing what you can do in a short burst of intentional time by making a connection that humanizes that touch point and makes that two, what's, what's turned into a 2D relationship yes. now becomes three-dimensional again. Yeah, And there's so much collateral in that. Like it's just it's so life giving to just have a phone conversation anymore. Well, we, we feel it. That. Well, yeah. We feel it. We know it. You're listening right now, and you should say yes. I need to do this. But it, there's there's science behind it too. There was a study that recently appeared in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, and it found that people generally choose to text because they believe a phone call would be awkward. That's well, you're, that's a problem. It's a problem because you're losing the ability to communicate. Yeah. Hello? Like the voice. What if What if your parents, when you were a child, what if we raised these children and we didn't actually talk to them? Do we sing them to sleep? Do we talk to them? Or do we... Imagine if there was no oral communication. I know. It's... What would it be like? We crave it. And it goes on. There was a, um, there's a co-author of the study, Amit Kumar, who said, people feel significantly more connected through voice, but they have these fears about awkwardness that are pushing them towards a text-based media. So... The science says we do feel more connected when we hear somebody's voice. Well, if that's but, but we're here's the thing: we are being pushed toward text-based conversations. But, but what's crazy, and you should see where this is, God. So the the spiritual warfare that's at play here: we humans are being pushed towards text and automation, yet AI is getting more intelligent and more sophisticated and AI is going to have a voice and it's going to have um, the ability to think critically and make decisions. And like, I mean, that's insane. So AI is becoming more sophisticated and humans are being dehumanized and dumbed down through quote unquote technology. Well, we, we, one of the big things that we've experienced that we teach is you cannot, really sense emotion or context when it comes to uh, text messaging or emails. Things are taken out of context, and and this proves it right here. Um, The author says, it can be difficult to read tone and attitude in text messages. And so there's there's more likely to have miscommunication rather than just pick up the phone and call people. Yeah, And, And people need to hear your voice, and what happens is you're avoiding it because we're lazy. I'll say it again. You're just being lazy. Yes, I know this because we've been lazy. And so the other day I had a friend who said, we should get together. And I said, let's just meet. Took me 10 minutes to get there. I only had 30 minutes because I had to be back for the kids. So I didn't have a lot of time and it took me 10 minutes to get there. But seeing somebody, being in the presence of somebody, you guys all 
moaned and groaned when you were on lockdown. Oh, we're on lockdown. It's not fair. We can't get out. But then lockdowns are lifted and you still don't want to go outside. Mm -hmm. You still don't want to meet somebody in person. That was intentional. Yeah. I believe that was intentional. And I'm saying saying you, but I mean all of us. Mm -hmm. I'm not pointing fingers. Um, A new study from the University of Texas at Austin suggests that people often choose to send an email or text because uh, of they're more likely to produce feelings of connectedness that they crave um, when they when a phone call is made. So in other words, phone calls, being in person, it's pretty obvious, guys. It doesn't take a rocket science. I don't need a study to tell me this. It creates feelings of connectedness. You know, I could text Angelique that I love her, but if I look her in the eye and say, babe, I love you, if she can feel my breath on her face, if she can see my eyes connect with her eyes, if she can hear my voice... You know, there's been studies that they've done with animals and, and small children, and, and when voice is eliminated, um, that soothingness, that's why parents sing to their children. That's why we love music. You know, that's why I could show you the lyrics to a song, okay, but that's not going to produce the same emotions as listening to it. So, guys, this first one should be fairly obvious, and how are you going to incorporate it into your daily lives is just make the commitment. If One of the things is don't hesitate. Don't continue to weigh things. Don't hesitate. Make sure that if it comes down to a phone call or an in-person meeting versus a text or an email and you can do one or the other, choose the phone call. Just see how it works. 100%. Give it a test. 100%. And just keep, again, if we're giving you these things, put it in front of you. Um, You know, look, write it down on a note section on your phone and make it your screensaver if you need to. Put it on your calendar if you need to. Put it in for, we have it on um, paper around here and, and just the list of these things and and these connections, these, you know, human to human connections um, are what we're intentionally doing each day. And it's different people and it doesn't have to be long. Um, and look, if you don't have the ability to, you know, not the ability, but the desire to make a phone call right now, start small. You know, if it's just as little as reaching out for no good reason other than to say hello and to send love and blessings and we're thinking of you, just do that. Do, but do it in an audio. Hey, Cheryl, um, I, I have no other intention. Other hey, than to Karen. Say, hey, Karen. Just wanted, to, <laughs> just wanted to reach out and let you know I've been thinking about you. Um, you're on my heart. It's, it's uh, in, uh, something I'm committed to this year is connecting more with people I haven't connected with in a long time, making that human connection um, three-dimensional again. If you're up for a cup of coffee or a phone date or whatever, I would love to connect, you know, catch up. If not, you hope you have a wonderful day. Look, make it simple. Don't make it weird. Easy. All right? Yep. Number two. Here Number we two. go. Audio, daily audio double clue here. Okay. All right. What do you think, Ange? Sharp-dressed man. Well, I mean, the sharp-dressed man is one thing. We're, we're talking about sharp-dressed women and men. Yes. One of the other things that's happened with our culture, intentionally, I believe, and certainly whether it's intentional or not with the pandemic, is we have gotten super lazy. Should we tell our listeners what we're wearing right now? 
<laughs> and 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 we've uh, our, our the pride i will say this the pride in our appearance has gone yeah now one of my pet peeves has been going to the airport and seeing people in their pajamas Mm-mm. the other big one is uh, going to church and, and seeing people in in shorts and flip-flops um mm-hmm. but one of the things that's happened from the pandemic is we've gotten used to being indoors and people like I asked our friends, I go, has there been a time when you found yourself at 10 o'clock at night and you haven't changed or gotten dressed or combed your hair because we gotten used to not leaving the house? Here's the thing. I never, I don't ever get out of bed without taking my pajamas off and putting clothes on, brushing my hair and, you know, even making my way into the kitchen for my coffee. I don't hang out in my PJs. I do, however, wear a lot of leggings and a lot of sweatshirts. That has kind of always been like my entrepreneur lifestyle after leaving corporate because I got dressed up every single day. If I wasn't in hospital scrubs, I was dressed in heels and a dress every day. So working from home allows me to be in athleisure, I'll call it. Um, But it also puts me in a state of mind where I don't have to, quote unquote, get ready. Yeah. And there's something about getting ready that prepares you for more action. It puts you in a more productive um, mode and mind frame. If I put on clothes and, you know, lip gloss and some mascara, even something as little as that, I feel like I'm more prepared to think, you know, think critically, put out more relative content, get on video, get on a Zoom, go out for the day, whatever it might be. But if I'm sitting around with my hair in a top knot and, you know, leggings with, uh, right now I have like barkeeper's friends on my, uh, from washing dishes on my leggings. Like if I'm sitting around like that all day long, I'm not, I'm going to put off going on video. I'm going to put off a Zoom. I'm going to put it off because I just don't feel ready. And I'll just, you know, kind of resolve myself to housework and doing things around here that don't require me to appear in the image of God. We're not talking about, you know, Pinterest perfect, you know, Canva tile ready, uh, Instagram monochromatic cutesy stuff here. That's not what this is about. Being, you know, a business leader and a leader in your home doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing. It really has more to do with upholding the image of God. And you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, she was clothed with strength and dignity. And that also describes her garments, you know, it was fine linen. It was fine linen. It didn't say she was hanging out in her, in her rags, you know, it didn't say that she was sipping coffee with a top knot in, in her sweatpants. It, she was clothed with strength and dignity, which means be dignified, woman. Yeah. And same with the male. The male was a respected figurehead, very respected in the land. And a respected man doesn't sit around in pajama pants all day playing video games. Yeah. And the pendulum, I think, is just what happens is the pendulum swings and sometimes it goes way too far in the other direction. You know, I go into a pizza store here with the kids the other night, and there's 10 kids working in there. And, and I grant it, it's a pizza store, and they're young people. But they're all wearing pajamas. You know, these kids have long hair, and they're wearing a hat. But, you know, what happened to, like, pre- presenting yourself? The like, workers were in their pajamas? Yes, I walked out. I Remember, I came back out to the car. I didn't, I'm like, I'm not going to come in here. 
these people look like slobs. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it was just chaos. Um, but here's the thing. The pendulum has swung the other way. I remember when we were back in corporate. Um, I remember when my boss said, I got a new boss, and he said, hey, you don't have to wear ties anymore. And I was like, oh, because the tie just felt so restrictive. Mm-hmm. But we still had to dress up every day. We had to be presentable. Um, in in uh, network marketing, right, there was three-piece three piece suits, you know, and, and you just feel better. You feel like you're coming uh, to do work. Yeah. So there's a thing called in this article I looked at called thin slicing. And this goes to back to the psychology of dressing up. Usually we process visual details instantaneously through a process called thin slicing. That's when the brain makes millisecond judgments based on new stimulus. It often happens without the person even knowing. We might just get a feeling that we don't trust somebody or that someone else is steady and reliable and we don't know why. That gut feeling is commonly called intuition or first impression. And it's really uh, part of the very fast-paced mental process of thin slicing. It's how we continually judge people every day. Now, we're in a culture where says you're not supposed to judge people. This is, again, where culture is going directly against God. This is where culture is trying to swing us way in the other direction. Even Elle at a young age goes, Dad, why are all these ads now of, of people that are just overweight, like yeah. a model? And I think to myself, you could say whatever you want right now. When we were growing up, if we're in a store and there's an ad and there's someone that's attractive and they're wearing that outfit, you're like, that's attractive. Yeah. Now it's this person who's who's two, 300 pounds overweight and we're supposed to accept that. But you can't help people from judging. I'm not going to want to buy that. Yeah. I don't want to look like that. And the person who is two or 300 pounds... Maybe it makes them feel better about themselves, but they don't want to be two or 300 pounds overweight. Well, First of all, it's not healthy. And second of all, they don't want to be that way. So we can't just say it's okay to not yeah. look and feel good. I think inclusivity has gone too far to the point where we've lost its authenticity. Um, you know, it, it's not authentic for us to all to be, have to relate to, um, in, in this case, like you're saying, uh, models that are overweight or whatever. Again, Body positive, whatever. I, I think we're, we're just swinging it way too far. What happened to um, a commitment to excellence? You know, it doesn't mean that if you're overweight that you're, you don't have a commitment to excellence. But do we all have to have uh, you know, a, a position in life where we're just to the point where we have to have that le- level of acceptance that we we don't know what to look forward to anymore? Like, I want something to look up to. I would, I exactly. need something to look up to. I need something to look forward to. That's the that's the importance of stewarding well. That's the importance of investing in your measure well. That's the importance of taking your temple seriously. You know, regardless of whatever it is that you're given in any area of your life, we have to have a commitment to excellence. And if our commitment is to complacency, yes. then we can just look at everything in, in form of inclusivity and say, oh, but it's okay. No, well, how, what about me? I'm not okay with that. I want a commitment to excellence. That means I want to look forward and look up to something right. that makes me want to be better every single day. And culturally, we've swung it so far in the other direction that it's making us feel like we're just lackluster. What are we looking well, forward to? Well, let me to? ask you a question. What does the Bible say about gluttony and sloth? 
Oh, we know what it's, well, it's not technically glutton and technically the seven deadly sins are not listed in the Bible. Right, but we we know that gluttony and sloth still, it's, the Bible does not say, go ahead and be lazy. No. The Bible does not say, go ahead and ruin the temple that I gave you and just, tr- and, and, and. No, as we're supposed fact, to steward our bodies. Jesus was very clear about what happens when we don't invest in our talents and measure. He, call, you know, he called him a, a a lazy. Uh, gosh, what what the word he used? But it was like a lazy, basically a sloth. You know, you're yeah. lazy servant. You lazy slothful well, servant. Let's draw it back on ourselves because we're talking about appearance in general. Mm-hmm. How we're going to dress, how we're going to look, um, your hygiene, even right. So. Let's be honest. I've gained weight over the pandemic, and you love me, right? You're not going to say, "Hey, I don't love you anymore," but you don't let me slip into that. You don't say, "Hey, it's okay." But that's just why keep doing whatever you want to do. But that is love, right? Love, you hold me accountable. Love is not saying I accept or affirm what you're slipping into. Exactly. Love is looking at you and saying, "I love you no matter what," but this is not who you were called to be. Yeah. This is not how God intended for you to live in your body. And this is not the commitment to excellence that we choose to uphold to as individuals and as a couple. So I will call him out and he will call me out. Now we can do it lovingly. We don't have to be jerks about it. Um, that will never lead to anything good. But here's the thing. Just as much as I have to or he has to have a commitment to telling the truth with love, we on the other receiving end of that have to have a commitment to receiving the truth with love. Yes. So if he holds me accountable, I can't get mad at him for saying that. I have to be like, you know what? You're right. And and you can't for holding me to a higher standard. You listener can be whatever political aisle you want to walk on. You can have whatever cultural view you want to walk on. You can't get mad at me for saying this because this is my truth right here. And, and we all say, well, that's my truth. But this is the truth about how I felt because it, for the first time in my entire life, I was overweight. You for the were. first time in my, my, my body was my priority number one. I mean, uh, we've yeah. talked about this on past prod, podcasts. But for the first time in my life, I looked at my body and guess what? My clothes didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I wasn't confident. Mm-mm. And guess what? I didn't want to go outside. And guess what? I was tugging at my shirts. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I, I thought to myself, I'm not, I'm not as confident as I am even on the phone when people can't see me mm-hmm. because I'm not confident in myself. Correct. Okay? And we're doing something about that. So we go back to the dress part of it. We go back to how we've said, hey, you know, just get on a, a Zoom call and, and make yourself look all right, but don't put on shoes. Do you remember this when we started homeschooling at the beginning of the pandemic, right? What's the thing I told the kids when I was going to homeschool them? Uh, you will not come to the classroom, okay, upstairs. Which, which was upstairs in your pajamas. You have to get dressed every day. You eat breakfast, you get dressed, you brush your teeth, you brush your hair, and you're going to be in your chairs at 9 a.m. on the nose. At 9 a.m. And there was a couple times when I was running late in the morning, and I'm looking, and I'm like, my dad's got his sweats on. You know, I got my, my slippers on. Um, it's five minutes to nine. No, you always And at dressed. the last second, I went up there, and I'm like, I put on slacks, and I put on dress shoes, and I showed up. Yep. Okay? Now, what we needed, I, I wanted to get a professional opinion on this. So I talked, you remember our friend Stephen Atkins? I do. Okay. So I said, let's get somebody in the, you know, in the industry and he's in fashion um, to talk about this from a, from a point of view that, you know, what are we doing? Where are we slipping? Where is that pendulum going? And, and this is what uh, Stephen had to say. 
Hey, Stephen, how are you, my friend? I'm good, brother. How are you today? Well, I'm great, and I'm glad I had a few to talk about this subject with because you're the first person I thought of because you're probably the most stylish man I know. Um, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do first. Uh, so really kind of the forefront of what I'm doing currently is uh, I'm a member of the Silver Fox Squad, which we are a member of a group of gentlemen that are of middle age and a little bit older that are there to inspire men of all ages that we need to, you know, elevate in our lives, everything from mind, health, body, wardrobe, all the above, that as we get older, we're not supposed to taper off. We're supposed to get better with age, uh, as well as I am a spokesman for uh, Richmond Fashion Week, as well as sitting on their board of directors. So I help kind of do the uh, dynamics and production, whatnot, with our Fashion Week here. Uh, I've been a fashion designer in the past, which that's one of the great things that you and I connected on. You actually came to one of my introductions to my fashion line in Tennessee, which was fantastic, Uh, as well as, you know, a few smaller businesses here. Uh, I do model. I do a little bit of Instagram, social media, TikTok, influencing as well with wardrobe and styling. So I really love being a part of, you know, fashion as a whole. Awesome. So your resume is there, and and that's what I wanted to give to our listeners. Is Stephen uh, is very well versed in fashion, and if you if you follow him, you'll know that. Uh, what I want to talk to you about in this particular topic, when Angelique and I are starting to say this year, you know, one of the things we're going to get back to is dressing nicely, um, and we can't avoid the impact that COVID nineteen had on the way that we dress. People stopped really going out as much. That's pretty obvious. But even corporations, you know, I I coach corporate people um, on how to do video presentations during the 2020 year. And it was amazing to me how you took people that were out in the field their whole life and now they're indoors and they were so thrilled that they didn't have to put on a shirt and tie or dress up every day. And it was nice, but it was like this little vacation that got us into what, Stephen, a bad habit, didn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, bad, bad habit because it just became a norm, and the more you do a norm, it becomes a new habit. So, I, you know, I love Saint, uh, I love Frank Sinatra. I love that era. Uh, my kids watch it all the time, and even Ella and Phoenix at a young age go, wow, Dad, they dressed really nice back then. You know, they yeah. took, they took yeah. care of their appearance, and we haven't. And some people will say, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, we should be comfortable in what we do. And I say not so much. Let's pump yeah. the brakes on that because – Appearance matters. What say you? Uh, 100% agree. I think that uh, it's a matter of personal pride. You know, as a man of faith, I believe that we are a temple and we should be taking care of our temple. And guess what? That's in all ways, inside and out. Uh, I always think we should be presenting ourselves with the best foot forward, uh, showing personal hygiene, showing, you know, well-groomed. And guess what? You don't need to be in a shirt and tie every single day. Uh, I wear casual clothes quite often. However, they are either pressed, they fit correctly. They don't have holes in it. My shoes are clean. My pennies, I take care of them. You know, there's ways that you can be dressed down or dressed up and just take personal pride in your personal wardrobe. Yeah, and one of the things is we never know who we're going to run into. The other day I was just taking my girls out, and I was I looked down, and I had I had some sneakers on and sweatpants. And it just I didn't feel great, but darn sure I was comfortable. But I said, you know what? But I'm going outside. I'm presenting myself. And what if I do run into somebody? How do I look? What are they going to judge me? And we are judged, you know, in in doing some research oh. for this. I, I yeah. came across uh, an article, and it says there's this thing called the thin slicing. And that's when the brain makes millisecond judgments based on uh, 
based on stimuli like that we're getting. So if you're walking towards me or you walk into a store or you walk into my place of business or a restaurant, um, I'm not really a judgmental person, but we judge people. I'm going to judge you based on if you walk in and sweats and like you said, your, your shirt's wrinkled and your hair's a mess and your shoes oh, are all dirty. I'm going to judge you. Um, not because I want to, just because that's the way we're hardwired rather than if you walk in and you're clean. And I, I, that is a great point because I have noticed many, many times that those that are destined for success or doing very well, it reflects in the way that they present themselves. So uh, for me personally, I use the airport as a great example. Um, a lot of times we will see people in their PJs, right? And, and, or it's even, it's even gotten worse. It's one of my pet peeves. It's one of my pet peeves. (laughs) Don't go to an airport in your PJs. Oh my goodness. So I'm typically in a nice pair of slacks or even dress jeans and a blazer and a nice, you know, shirt. Uh, don't necessarily have to have a tie, nice, clean, polished shoes or, you know, nice shoes that are like a boots or a Chelsea or something like that. Uh, always not, not dressing to be like going to a formal, but I'm dressed presenting myself well. And let me tell you something, Dave, there's a lot of, of, of instances where your appearance will make way for you. And, and I mean that by like, either people will get out of your way. People are looking at you. They'll come and compliment you on how well you look and how nice you are. Who are you? What do you do? I'll get on the airplane and the stewardess are being overly accommodating People are just like, you know, making way for me as I'm moving down there because I'm walking with purpose and I'm there with putting myself in the best fashion. I'm not doing it for the accolades. That's just who I am. But it does give that aura or that persona that you are somebody, that you find yourself to be, I am taking pride in who I am and I want to present myself in the best way possible. And it's not like I'm wearing a tuxedo, but it's amazing to me how you can really make a difference in how you present yourself. I'm with you. Well, I I appreciate your your wisdom and your knowledge and your advice so much, Stephen. Thank you for joining us uh, on this podcast. And where can they find you if they want to follow you? My pleasure, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, I switched my name around, so it's my last name, Atkins.Steven. I did it the military way is the way I always say. Start with the last name. Or they can find me on TikTok at Stephen.Atkins. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate your wisdom. Thank you, brother. Good Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So I love his perspective because he's in the industry, but a couple things he said that I want to get your take on real quick before we go on to the next one is he says, your appearance makes way for you, yeah. that we are, in fact, being judged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not judgmental. Mm-mm. Like, you can't walk down the street and have somebody walking towards you without judging them. You could say you're not a judgmental person, but I guarantee you, you will. It's, it's almost involuntary. We, we make those split seconds, millisecond decisions, which is what we were just talking about, right? Remember, we were, just, we were just talking about that thin slicing. It's a millisecond decision. And what Stephen basically said is success reflects. So if you're a business person and you're not taking care of your physical appearance and you're not dressed for success, you can tell yourself it's not going to make a difference, but science says other words. Um, you use the word judgment. I think what it comes down to is being noticed. Um, note uh, to be noticed and be memorable. I, one thing I don't want to ever do is blend in. And that's something that we teach a lot with, uh, charismatic leadership and speak up. But, um, that, you know, I think that's a lot of reasons why, uh, you know, so many people go the other direction and they, they, 
they do extreme things to their body and their hair and their clothing to get noticed, you know, this, you know, an extreme style. But what about being noticed in a positive way? Like Stephen talks about, like your, your clothes are pressed, you smell good. Um, you carry yourself well. Like, I think that's just goes a long way these days. And the reason why is we've gotten so far away from it. I think back in probably the, 40s and 50s most everyone dressed up to go somewhere you dressed up to go to the store you dressed up to go out for a walk you dressed up to go out for dinner and we've gotten so far away from that so the fact is is that when you do it now it's noticed and it's memorable like you just make an impression and I think no matter what you have to say at that point people pay closer attention so I'm committed to doing that because not because I need attention. I get plenty of that from my children. My point is, is that if I want to be taken seriously um, for business, if I want to be taken seriously for the gospel, like I feel it's important that we do things to make sure that we're noticed. Yeah. And noticed for the right reasons, not the wrong ones. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to air the entirety of that interview with Stephen on another podcast. But one of the things we talked about um, that you didn't hear here you know, we talked about church, and I said, "Look, God wants you. However, you can come, come as you are. Come right. as you are. Don't don't take that wrong. But if you're a church family and you go to church on a regular basis, you know, there's a thing called reverence for the Lord. And I'm not one of those people who, again, who says you have to get dressed up in a suit and tie to go to church. But again, we've swung so far back. And when I see a family coming in and their kids are wearing like a, a graphic tee in in shorts with sandals on or flip flops, I'm like. Again, it's no reverence for you, you for never God. know. Like the Lord could, the Lord could reach anyone at any time, and all of that. a sudden, the the spirit of the Lord could end up on one of those kids in their flip flops and t shirt. And and if they couldn't go dress like that that day, they may have never gone. And the I spirit get of the Lord, part. I get it. I just think after that, <laughs> yeah, after that, there should be a reverence. Yeah, and here's the thing: people will take one comment like I make like that and apply it to everything instead of applying to what they know I'm talking about, which is the lazy person. They know I'm not saying don't come to church if you can't dress up. They know I'm not saying God doesn't want you if you're not fancy. What I'm saying is what you see too is people going to church and you're like, really? That's how you're going to show up in God's house? Like it just shows a little bit of lack of respect. I think that there's a, we miss because again, we, we serve an awesome, and by awesome, I don't mean just his character, but an awesome, awesome God that we can't fathom his omnipotence. Yep. We can't fathom his omnipresence. We can't fathom how big he is. And I don't care who you are, believer or unbeliever, if you're listening to this and you were you were in the presence of the Lord, you would tremble, tremble in fear and hit your knees of how awesome and omnipotent he is. So we want to make sure that, again, when we talk about appearance, yes, that it's not because we need to be dressed up and prim and proper in order to be accepted, but it's like there's a reverence that comes with being in the image of God. And if you had the opportunity to come before the Lord 
to you would want to have a reverence not not to make an impression upon him because it's his heart he's he sees but i'm just thinking about in general like if we're a, a representation of the body of christ like let's let's try a little harder well it, look at it, the most important things in our life is our marriage our career and our faith and each one of those if you adopt this uh sense of well, us like for a sloth or you don't take care of your appearance, guess what? Your career's probably not going to do as good. Um, God's not going to judge you, but your your wife or your husband, you know, it doesn't show any reverence for them either. It's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to mail it in here. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just going to dress for comfort and let my body go because, you know what? Uh, I, I stopped trying to win your heart. And John Elridge in his book, Wild at Heart, which you gave me for Christmas, talks about always having to win your partner's heart. We did it when we first started, and you remind me of that all the time. You're like, when you pursued me, you know, you did things differently, and it's a wake-up call for men out there. Mm-hmm. If if you pursued your wife at the beginning, and you took care of yourself, and you cared about how you appeared, and you cared about how you talked to her, and you cared about listening to her, um, then we can get lazy. We know that, and and that's why marriages fall apart. So don't get lazy. Yeah. Amen. I, Take care of yourself. I agree. Just... All right. It takes a little bit of intention, just a yeah. little bit of intention. And everything, intention. We, look, these are things that are going to make your life better. Yeah. I guarantee you, do the first two things. Start talking to people more in person. Start calling them more than texting them. And then start taking care of yourself in terms of the pride of your appearance and, and your hygiene. And I guarantee you things are going to get better. Number three. Okay. Number three is your health, but this is interesting. Here we go. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Well, well, the sun, something so easy that we can do is get sun outdoors. Something that the pandemic and the lockdowns in the last couple of years have stripped from us. And even before that, you had doctors saying, don't go out in the sun, you're going to get sun cancer. And what we're finding out is, no, the worst thing that you can do is deprive yourself of sunlight, okay? And, and if we look at the Bible, Ecclesiastes 11.7 says, light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. It's telling us right there. Okay, when if you look at uh, Matthew, it talks about after tribulation, the sun will be darkened. They're taking away the life-giving force. Mm-hmm. This is this is biblical, but now we're finding out it's scientific. Your eyes and your body need sunlight. Yeah. Well, um, we missed Tennessee for a lot of reasons, and but um, one of the harder things of when we lived there is you know during the winter, we would get very dark kind of gray, gloomy, wet, cold days, and we didn't see the sun. And I just remember saying, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I haven't been outside in three days because of how miserable it's been. And so the people in the Northern Hemisphere and different parts of the world experience this. Um, It's called seasonal depression. And, um, gosh, sometimes you feel like you can't avoid it in, in the winter, but whenever you can, whenever you can, whenever the sun is shining, even if it's, frigid, freezing cold outside. It is so good to have sunlight on your face. And 
this is, um, it's not only biblical, it's medical. You know, they, uh, good functional doctors and in, um, integrative medicine uh, practitioners and naturopaths will tell you how important it is to get sun. Really? Because I just so happened to have talked to one and oh. interviewed her. And you didn't even know that, did you? I kind of knew, but uh, I didn't know I was well, leading into it. Um, I, I wanted to get an expert opinion. Um, and this is someone that we trust. Um, her name is Sue Costick, and she is a functional oh, health Sue. practitioner. And uh, let's hear what she had to say. Hey there, Sue. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, as you know, I wanted to talk to you uh, and get your expert opinion about, like, I feel like this is the top three answers on the board, the easiest things you can do to get healthier in the <laughs> new year, and, and sun being one of them. But before we get started on that question, uh, just tell us a little bit about your, your background and what you do. Great. Yeah. So my background, I am certified in integrative health. And it is a kind of a combination of traditional Chinese medicine, nutrition, and ancient Ayurvedic medicine. And it's all about holistic healing and taking care of your body so you don't have to go to the doctor. Amen. And, and it, it is. They, they're not, we're not just treating. Angelique and I go to you for a lot of things. You helped me out tremendously with my gut recently because we're not just looking to uh, get a, you know, treat a symptom, but we're trying to do preventative medicine. And one of the things that Angelique are trying to do right now is what are the easiest things we sat around Sue and we asked ourselves, what are the easiest things that we can do ourselves personally, and maybe share with others this year that we're not doing. And one of those things that came up was, you know, getting out in the sun. I've heard so much about it. One of my, uh, one of my doctors back in Tennessee, I said, what are three things that I can do? And he's mentioned getting sunlight, direct sunlight on, on yeah. your chest and your abdomen early in the morning. So, um, one of the yep. things I wanted to ask you about in, in your professional opinion is just that. What can we do? What does the yep. sunlight do for us that we're not getting? Yeah, the sunlight is amazing. So um, sun is literally life. We make sure our plants have plenty of it. Animals literally take naps in it. And yet somehow we've really demonized the sun and people are actually afraid to get in the sun. So um, I'm so glad that you're doing this because it's really, we got to get the word out on how important sunshine is. Um, you know, getting direct sunlight is, we've all heard about vitamin D and the sun gives you vitamin D and how important vitamin D is to your overall health. But if we're not getting direct sunlight, we are not getting vitamin D. And what's happening is you take um, people who live in really sunny areas like California and Florida and Arizona, and they are the most vitamin D deficient people in the nation because we're slathering ourselves with sunscreen and we're hiding from the sun. Mm, interesting. So getting, yeah, so getting that direct sunlight and, you know, God made the sun um, in a very incredible way. So in the morning is really the most important time to get that direct sunlight. And that's actually when it is, there's the least amount of UV rays, so you're not going to get skin damage. And literally getting it before, you know, around 8 or 10 in the morning, your body is starts to signal, shut down the melatonin, start producing the serotonin. The melatonin is what makes you sleepy. So, you know, the sun is telling you not to be sleepy. And it's shutting down that production. And it's, then it's telling your body, hey, let's start producing serotonin so we have energy. And that's what getting that early morning sun does. And honestly, 
you know, you, you don't need to spend hours out in the sun, 30 minutes. Yeah. That's going to do it. Um, and it's really the most concentrated healing properties of the sun is in the morning. Is it a particular area I, I heard on the, on the abdomen or even in not directly into the eyes, but you know, you want to look into the sun in the morning. Is, is there any, you know, it's not necessarily looking directly into the sun. It's just kind of not having sunglasses on and, um, it, your eyes are, literally the doorway to your body and you need to have that sunlight going in through your eyes to start signaling the body of all the things that it needs to start doing you don't have to look directly in the sun but just go out without some sunglasses I mean I live in Phoenix so you know the sun is intense but in the morning it's not so you're not going to harm yourself and um, you know yes the chest the abdomen I mean we can get into you know that's where all the grounding effects take place but um but literally even if you're just going out for your morning walk um make sure you don't have sunglasses on just make sure you're absorbing that sun through your face through your eyes um you know 30 minutes and that's really the amount of vitamin d you need every day yeah, and it's interesting because this is not, um, you know, integrative health. We've joked in the past that people will say, oh, well, what, this is not real medicine. But, you know, I've researched some of this stuff and from the National Institute of Health, uh, peer-reviewed journals. And some of the things I've researched is definitely what you just said, the melatonin, the hormone that, that helps you regulate your sleep and it helps you uh, let your body know it's time to get up. They've said uh, it helps you with your mood. Uh, you have uh-huh. studies suggest you have a higher risk of depression if you have low vitamin D levels. We know what yeah. happens to uh, cities in the north when they don't get enough sunlight in the winter. People get those those winter blues. Uh, you can just pick one of these. It helps lower blood pressure. It helps lowers inflammation. Um, uh-huh. Your improves your cognition, your memory, uh, reduces stress and tension. Any of those things jump out at you that you want to talk about? Studies right now with um, depression and the um, seasonal affective disorders, that sunlight is statistically what actually even medical doctors are starting to prescribe for these symptoms, as well as chronic diseases. Um, you know, it's like we need, like I said, sun is life. Um, it, it, boosts your cells it you know it gives you um you know the photosynthesis that plants have so we've we've really done a a bad job of demonizing the sun in our society well thank you very much for your um your expertise let me ask you a question if people wanted to uh get in touch with you is there is there a place where they can get in touch with you uh yes absolutely my website is symmetryhealthandwellness.com and they can get in touch with me that way. So, Angelique, I mean, we've talked about getting out in the sun more. What Sue says is so important. We've heard it over and over and over again from not just one functional health or one integrative health practitioner, but almost every single one we went to. Get out in the sun. You've heard lowering blood pressure, uh, lifting your mood, um, lowering inflammation, uh, helping us with autoimmune diseases, all of these things, better sleep. Why aren't people doing this more? Well, I th- a lot of it is, um, you know, again, our, <clears throat> our work in general has 
sequestered us indoors more. You know, technology has brought us indoors more. Um, the blue lights from our computers and our phones are actually sucking vitamin D out of our body. Um, so we're, because of technology and the advancement of, quote unquote, humanity in that regard, we have uh, digressed um, as a, a race, essentially, because we are missing nature. And I mean, she hit the nail on the head. Sun is life. You literally can't grow crops or plant or a tree or anything without direct sunlight. You need water and sunlight, water, wind, sunlight. And it's just like, how could a plant need sunlight to live? Yet we somewhere as a society got lulled to sleep under the idea that the sun is bad for you and to stay out of it. And when you're in it, slather yourself with chemicals and cover your eyes and cover your head to make sure like it's just there's damaging effects yes we get that and there can be in excess but we have demonized a life-giving force of nature that was created to give us life to sustain life to build life and um and to heal our bodies you know intuitively so I just find it so fascinating, yeah. you know, when I listen to her, I'm like, gosh, well, wow. You know, thankfully I've never adopted that belief. I don't even use sunscreen as a kid. I'm yeah. Greek, but, um, I just, I never got into that and never thought it was bad in the first place. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I never got lulled into that, but I see it all the time and it just, it's irritating. Well, and, and one last point that I think is worth making when it talks about the biblical, uh, importance of the sun in revelation 22, five, it says, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. So when we talk about that, you could say, well, light to see, okay, but light to live, right? We, we won't, what that sun provides us with, and we're exactly in the right distance from it, you know, that we're not burning up uh, and we're not freezing cold. So I just think it's it's really cool, and it's just one of those easy things. And we'll pair it up here with one of the other really easy things that we can do because that's what we're all about in this podcast right here. We're talking about some of the easiest things that you can do, and getting sunlight's one. And number four is this. Well, that's a one-hit wonder, but and uh-huh. nobody's trying to walk a thousand miles or even five hundred. But we're trying to walk here. Well, ten thousand steps a day. Talking we're talking walking. We're talking about walking. Walking. You're talking about walking. Yeah, walking. The thing I do every day. The thing I wake up and do every day. Walking. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> walking. I think. Um, gosh, our friends uh, Chris and Lori always talk about like walking saved their marriage. Yeah. You know, and they take. What is it? I think two walks a day, and um, those walks are healing and and nurturing, and they talk through things, and they, you know, they dream through things. But um, in terms of a physical benefit of walking, I mean, it, one, it's movement, and I think we overcomplicate things, you know, especially when it comes to goals and setting new intentions and resolutions for a new year. I think what happens is we bite off more than we can chew. And 
we start doing this whole overhaul. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you do an overhaul of your lifestyle and it becomes unbearably overwhelming and you can't keep up with the new habit and, and get to the state of momentum where you start to see a result and people burn out and quit. Whereas if we could do something as simple as like what we're saying here is walking, sunlight, you know, we start to move in a direction uh, for progress. And once that progress starts to set in, then you can bite off a little bit more. It's like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Well, if you feel like your goal is elephant sized, this is a great start. And for us, going from, you know, a lifestyle where we lifted really heavy and, you know, threw weights around the gym all the time to parenthood and life of entrepreneurship and on the go and travel all the time, you know, we've had to learn what simple things are going to move the needle. And something as simple as walking back then might have seemed like something you do, you know, on a Sunday at the mall. And now it's like, no, like if we can go for a nice walk, like we've checked off a really big box in our life. Well, think about the things we've talked about so far. How many days have you not walked? Have you not gotten dressed? Have you not made a phone call? Yeah. All these things. Have you not gotten sunlight? Imagine by doing that I mean, 1% These better. are critical things. And when you start mm-hmm. to realize it, like, listeners, right now you should be going, oh, my God. Like, maybe not every day, maybe not to the extreme, but we've eliminated a lot of these life-giving, life-giving things from our life without even realizing it. Like C.S. Lewis said, the surest road to hell is the gradual one. These things have been slowly taken away. So we need to walk. Yes or no, when we've walked, we've been happier. Yes. We've been healthier. Yep. We've had better conversations. Yep. When we've walked outside in the sunlight, we felt better. We felt more energetic. We didn't feel depressed. We didn't feel uh, tired. Let's see what Sue has to say about walking. When we walk, it gets our bodies moving, obviously, but it's one of the best ways that we can increase our metabolism. We can help lose body fat and so many people think at the beginning of the year, well, if I want to get in shape, I have to go run on a treadmill or I have, you know, high endurance, uh, high intensity stuff is good too. But how about walking? What do you think the health benefits of that are? Well, you know, walking is one of the best things that you can do any age. You can do it anywhere. Um, You don't have to do it at high speed. In fact, if people are in a high stress situation, do not go and do cardio, go out for a walk because your body is going to respond much better with just a walk. Um, It reduces, there's study upon study about the reduction in um, cardiovascular disease with walking, in diabetes, type 2 diabetes with walking. Uh, Any kind of inflammation situation is going to be helped by walking. You cannot do a better exercise for yourself. And think about what you just said, inflammation, you know, what we're Mm. discovering is that inflammation is one of the greatest things that will stress our body out and cause other, uh, what what would you call other symptoms and things like that? Well, inflammation is really the root cause of just about every chronic health disease. Um, That's where it starts. And, you know, you hear the comment, oh, well, it's in my genetics. Well, you know, your genes will load the gun for sure, but inflammation is going to pull the trigger. So um, if you have any kind of genetic predisposition, you want to make sure that your inflammation is at a low. I hope you're realizing, again, as I'm realizing, even going over this now for like the second or third time, I'm realizing that these are all things that really 
took a huge hit over the last couple of years. The scientific community was so worried about COVID, was so worried about people dying. But what we did was we did some of the things that were the most detrimental to our health. Almost everything was the exact opposite. I know. And this last the one is really going to strike you. That was behind it knew exactly what they were doing. This last one is 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 really at the root of it, and we we could have started with this, but we're going to finish with it because it's the one I'm most passionate about. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst. To the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. My friends, survey found that one in three participating Christians nationwide had stopped attending church during the pandemic, during COVID. One in three people stopped going to church. That's not good. How many churches did we see that shut down? And we were like, we all knew it. If, if you're in the body of Christ, you knew that shutting down churches, no matter what was going on, was going to be bad. Yeah. But what we're seeing is it really had a detrimental effect on our society. And I don't think that was by mistake at all. No, none of this was. None of this was. And you know what? I, it's, it might be controversial to say, but there is a for sure a shadow type government that is behind all of this and you think that anybody that knows anything about population control and eugenicists and and what's going on here that you wouldn't look at these things and say what's so what's one thing that we can do essentially to prevent you know people from moving forward with the most essential parts of life you know human connection um, taking care of yourself, like image and and upholding yourself to a, a level of excellence and standard, sunlight, walking, and going to church. And I mean, my gosh, think about the life-giving force that is behind these five simple things that you don't even need to ask the Ruach to breathe on because it's already been done. Think about how simple this can be. You want a better better year. You want a better 2023. You want to, you want to move in a better more pro, you know progressive direction. You couldn't get any simpler than what we have shared. This is not an overhaul. This is not a comp, going to complicate and overwhelm your life. You can literally do this now. Yes. Today, immediately. The second you hang up from this podcast, you can do all five of them before the day is over, you know? Um, and you think to yourself, well, maybe I can't go to church. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. You know, church is where two or more gather. Church is, is community. Church is a covering. Church is, a, you know, a message, a sermon. Listen to a sermon. Do something that gives you life, that pulls you back into wanting to be into that community again. That's right. So it doesn't have to be in church building. Start it in your living room. Here, here's you know. the real virus was was the devil virus, because this is according to ABC. Um, since the beginning of the pandemic, a staggering 45 percent 
church attendance is down 45% nationwide. 45%. But what people will say, well, is that important? Well, um, I included this in my latest book, The Pursuit. Uh, It was a study from Harvard University, the Chan School of Public Health, and it said that people who attended weekly religious services or practiced daily prayer uh, reported greater life satisfaction, they were less likely to be depressed. They were less likely to smoke. They were less likely to use drugs um, than people who didn't go to church and didn't have spiritual practices. So you can say, well, you know, does it really matter? It matters a whole great deal. There's a, another analysis that, um, that we found that regular participation in a religious community is clearly linked with higher levels of happiness. It's clearly linked. It suggests that societies with declining levels of religious engagement, like ours here in the United States, could be at risk for declines in personal and societal well-being. Uh, you think? Yeah. I mean, this is duh, yeah stuff, okay? We have to get back to church. We have to get back to walking. We have to get walk to get back to being outside in the sun. We have to get back to talking to people on the phone and in person. And we absolutely have to get back to taking care of ourselves and dressing better and, and paying better attention to our personal hygiene and our weight and our health. It's clear. One more example. Barna is a Christian research firm that's done extensive analysis on trends in COVID. They found that 79% of practicing Christians went to church before COVID and that number dropped dropped that's where it went to under 50 percent that's a that's a big difference that's a big difference and it's scary you know and we don't have a home church here where we are now like we don't we've we've tried many um we still attend but we haven't found a home church and um but i think it's really important again to to remind you that church has left the building. (laughs) So gathering with believers, being in a a study, uh, doing things together in, in groups, having a a covering um, of prayer and community. I mean, if it has to start there for you because you don't have a home church, then, then so be it. But whatever you do, get back to church, get back to that kind of community. Um, I think it's so important for you just a foundational health and wealth of your of you know your life in general and the favor that God has for you. So I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I Ange, David. I don't want this to be another January first five things to do. I told you at the beginning who's coming with me. We gotta hold each other accountable. We got to hold each other accountable going to church. We got to hold each other accountable to walking outside in the sunshine. We've already started making the relationship connections and the communication. We've cleaned out our closets. We've we've looked at our appearance. These are simple things. But this church thing really gets me. We're going to leave you guys right now with this thought. There's a lot of things that culture will tell you how to do what to do in order for you to be happy. And I'm just going to ask you a simple question. Where's the fruit? Where is the fruit that the news, where is the fruit that our our government, where is the fruit that the CDC or the NIH or any of these people 
who have produced the lockdowns, who have produced the fear, who have produced the laziness of staying indoors, where is the fruit? And then if you go back to church and you get outside and you start talking to people again, you're going to see your life change. Get outside in God's son. Get outside and walk in God's son. Use the body and the legs and the heart and the lungs that he gave you. Get outside and talk to people using the vocal cords and the heart and the ears that God gave you. Get outside and go back to church. Stop looking towards culture for your cues. Start looking back to the Bible. We want you to have a great 2023 because we plan on doing it too. Amen. To the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst, to the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go.